Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibut First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Last week, we talked about reaction to the hiring of the executive director for the new People of the Dawn Friendship Center. I reached out to a number of people for that episode, to Odell Pike of the Center's Board of Directors, to Chris Shepard of the St. John's Friendship Center, who was involved in the hiring process, and to Chief Liz Lazaga of the Flat Bay Band. The three either did not reply to my interview requests or declined. But after hearing the podcast, Chief Lazaga wanted to talk. Here is our conversation on the Friendship Center hiring, on working with the new ED, and on avoiding the divisive discussion sparked by the hiring. And I'm very pleased to have Chief Liz Lasaga with me on Mi'kmaq Matters. And Chief, thanks for, for joining me. And the, the first thing I wanted to ask you is um, whether there's anything you want to say in response to last week's podcast. Yes, I have a few things I wanted to say, just really just for clarification. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I should start with um, saying that um, the whole uh, file that I took on, the reason I took it on was because people had asked me to. They were really pressing me to. And these were people from my own band, Nokoma Village, Flat Bay Band Incorporated, from my own band as well as uh, people from outside of my band. Um, but these are also... Uh, people who are members or expecting to be members of the new Friendship Center. Um, so the whole file that I took on, to, to be clear to public, it was never about the person. If it was about the person, I would never have taken it on. It's really about the entire point, which I will get to. Um, the one, Just one word that you used yourself, Glenn, probably just not realizing that did trouble me from the last podcast um, well, it was more than a word. It was a point that you made, or it's saying that um, I had demanded that Mr. Park Tai be removed from his position. So I just want to clear that clear that up for you as well as the public. Um, I never, in any way, demanded that Mr. Park Tai or anyone be removed from the position. What you see on Facebook was us unfolding information as as we went along, and I'll explain why we ended up on Facebook in a moment. But we were unfolding information as we went along, which is why, of course, it got a little softer as as the week went by, because you get more clarification as you go. But uh, the only thing I did was offer two solutions, because I still make the point that diligence wasn't done on in, um, hiring an Indigenous person. Again, I'll get to that. But um, I, the first solution that I had offered in the beginning, thinking that damage was done and we we're in damage control situation now, is um, actually that the first thing I put there, put there, not knowing, you know, going down the road on this whole topic, was uh, to maybe have him work for three months so he could actually have his EI. It's not his fault that this all happened, but me thinking in the fir- in the beginning if they had another three months to actually realize that they didn't do diligence on hiring an indigenous person and then give the man, um, Mr. Park Tai, time to actually help with that process and make sure he's not damaged um, financially by the situation. So that was just one thought process in the beginning when we don't have a lot of information. The second thing I had, uh, which I still stand to, is um, 
if the committee, being the cultural center committee, is, which is my understanding who has the funding for the new friendship center, um, once this is taken, hopefully it'll be taken to an AGA to put in a mandate to do um, to strengthen their um, hiring techniques for Indigenous people. Um, that perhaps then it wouldn't have to be retroactive. It could be a, a, a resolution taken to the board for future policies. So they could actually still protect the executive director, Mr. Parktai, in his position, even if they change the mandates or the policies to go forward. So, and some people even asked me why I was even protecting Mr. Parktai. So my point is, is that it was I wasn't protecting or going against any person. I. I found out just like anybody else, I have my own feelings about it, which are not part of this process. This, this process for me and explaining to the people, it was always about the entire point. Um, to, to also use the word fallout, that concerns me a little too, because this is, you know, this is standard business for me. This is where we have to try and, you know, we're all working in a circle here. It's not about some chief being this or that or another leader being this or that. We're working an entire circle, but in the middle of that circle is our is our mission, is our native, our indigenous mission, the movement that plight that started generations ago. So it's very easily when we get caught up in good things, which is like the Friendship Center, which is a an super good thing to have in our community. It's very easy to lose focus of the miss of the mission. So sometimes we have to kind of take our our peer leaders to task and say, no, you need to remember the mission. And so I don't consider that as a falling out. It's not like I'm mad at anybody. That's not what I would call it. But, of mm. course, so much happens on Facebook that so many words get, you know, shared yes. and thoughts. Yeah. So then it so, sounds certainly like a falling out. It becomes more than embarrassing. It becomes sleazy at some point. So let, let, so let me ask you then about your um, about your uh, the change in position that you had, because uh, it seems from what you say that as as the week went on, you rather than asking that uh, someone else be put in the position, you thought it would be okay for Mr. Parktai to continue. So what what happened okay. in your thought process, or what did you find out to make you change your mind on that point? Okay, so my mind hasn't changed much. It's really just about understanding the context. So I had to speak with, of, of course, speak with Odell uh, Pike, who's, to my understanding, the chair of the Cultural Center, and also to Chris Shepard, who is the um, uh, executive director for the Native Friendship Center in St. John's. So I had to come from a point where, were, were you understanding of the policies? And, you know, the, there are policies under the Native Association of Friendship Centers. They have a mandate to make employment accessible for Native people. And that is there. And this is not new news to us. I found it strange that this was, you know, that we're even having this discussion. You know, we're leaders. We're employing as as for generations now. And myself, I, I hire people who are not members of my band who are not Native people. So in the beginning, I had to go from, and this is the only part that really changed, not even changed my mind, it's just the, the, how the thought process went. I had to go from, did you know this? Did you take it in consideration? And did you, knowing that, or having it on your radar, did you purposely not do diligence? 
So that I don't find the case. No, I don't think they at all. I understand that they didn't do it on purpose. They didn't have it on their radar in the beginning. So my my mind hasn't changed that they didn't do in um, diligence to the indigenous indigenous profile. That hasn't changed. The only part that changed is that they didn't have it on their radar in the beginning. So they didn't. So, do it on so let me let me yeah. ask you. So let me make sure I understand that. So. Yeah. I do understand that, uh, and I did talk to Chris Shepard at the time, although he wouldn't agree to to be interviewed. But I, he did tell me that he had talked to you, and yeah. uh, and you say you also had, had spoken with Adele Pike. So are you saying then that they they were aware that he was not an indigenous person, or they were not oh. aware and did not take that into account, or how did oh, they deal no. with the how did they deal with the indigenous factor in the hiring? Right. So as I, you know, did my research and talked to them, I understand that Chris Shepard probably would, Christopher, probably would not be aware or he could have been aware. That's really not the point. Now, Odell Pike would be aware that uh, Mr. Park Tai is not indigenous, not native either, or Mi'kmaq. Um, but I guess the point that I'm making is I was trying to uh, discern if they understand that they're supposed to have strengthened their policies for indigenous hiring. So not about Mr. Park Tai at all, mm-hmm. not about Candace Simon, who got brought up either. Um, did they understand that in Native Friendship Centers or in all of us in our whole movement that we are supposed to put in measures for strengthening the hiring process of our indigenous, pe- indigenous people first? And what did they say to you about, to that and question? And so... So all I understand is that they didn't, um, whether they didn't understand or they don't, I think that they don't agree with it still. I think that they still are not acknowledging the fact that you have to do that, and that is part of the mandate of Native Association of Friendship Centers. We understand, and that was a, it wasn't a factor they considered at all pro exactly. or con in terms and of right. retiring. Exactly. And so from not considering that, everything they did was professional and, and spot on. I have no no issues, especially once I questioned them. So we're brought back really to the core point again, that they either don't acknowledge that um, they don't or won't acknowledge that um, you have to strengthen the, the hiring process for your target profile, in this case, Indigenous, um, or they still don't get it they don't realize that and for them not getting it that that um that blows me away in a way because i work with like odell everybody for so long and i think that we all understand that but um you know at this juncture i do think and i have a lot more to say yet but i do think that they need to be saying to the public in any case we realize that it's important to you, even if I don't agree with it or I don't really know the difference. We understand that it is important to the broader public that strengthening Indigenous policies for hiring is important to you. So, so that's and that's the that's the la- that's the 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 next that's the remaining piece to be dealt with. And Mr. Park ties in the position, but this yeah. this factor of. Um, of whether that factor should be considered in in hiring is the piece that still needs to be dealt with. Exactly, and I just think like it's a you know it's a new center. They might have strong bylaws and policies put in place already, but again, they haven't operated yet. 
not to any degree. And so as you operate, I mean, it's their policies are going to be evergreen, as you know. So right now, they're, they're going to change as they grow. And, but right now, you're already getting an indication from the broader public saying this is something that needs to be taken into account. So this, this whole mandate needs to be said by the committee. We hear you. We understand what you're saying. And let's, you know, talk about it at the next AGA. Maybe we can uh, form a resolution to bring forward for you. Uh, but we understand. Now, having strengthening um, the hiring process for your target profile, whether it's Indigenous or, or Mi'kmaq or Irish, whatever the, the, pro, the, you know, the organization's mandate is or their, their people are, it doesn't have to be so complicated that it um, discriminates against white people. And I say white people, I just mean non-Indigenous. Um, so, like, for example, and this is not to say that they should do it, like, our way, like our flat bay band, but, for example, when we go to hire and we do interview process with um, applicants, we have applicants who are from our area, who are in our membership, who are Mi'kmaq from other areas, not our membership, and some who are not Mi'kmaq at all. So what we have right off the bat is a 20% automatic given if you live in the community and you're a member, and then it goes to 15, 10, 5, and 0 for different profiles. And someone might think, oh, well, they got an automatic 20% in the hiring process. But let me tell you, when a per person is really cut out for a job, the person, you know, people who are not our, mem our members or Mi'kmaq, they actually get jobs above our people. So you still manage, you still end up getting the right person for the job. And in many cases, you still end up non-members, hiring non-members or non-target profile. Yes. So it works. So they, you know, at this point need to sit down with their public, with their members at an AGA or before, and say, how can we do this so that all we're doing is making sure that here's the biggest point, Glenn. This is the entire thing. They need to make sure that they're the right Indigenous person for the job is not out there. Mm left without the job right this is the the point yes the right person that's out there that happens to be indigenous they're not left having not been considered right Except, so uh, so, that, so yes so thanks thanks for that the clarification that's uh that's useful context for what happened last week <laughs> do, how do you do you think uh, after what's happened that it will be difficult for mr park tide to um to operate effectively in that position now that all this this stuff is out there. Okay, so again, I don't want to speak to the people themselves, okay? And I know Mr. Parktai. He worked for me for three years. I don't want to speak to the people because I don't want to make it about the people. I can say that the man has tons of skills and lots of talents, and that's a given fact. You know, he will do a good job on whatever level. Is there someone else that's um, equal to him or better out there? Sure. And who understands the Indigenous, not from a uh, family perspective or from a volunteer perspective, from a core uh, perspective. And he, one example, okay, and it was brought up in, in I think, the podcast last time, but um, they said, for example, that before Christopher Shepard um, at the St. John's uh, Friendship Center was uh, somebody who was non-native, who, who was yes. executive director for years, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you an example. Like, he, 
I, I couldn't even get the St. John's Friendship Center under that man's reign, the one before Christopher who was not Native. I could never, ever partner with the Friendship Center. I could never get it through his head what we were doing because there's a core understanding that is in our genetics and in our makeup. And we're actually, I'll get to that again in a second, but um, I got so much to say, I keep saying that. I'm sorry, Glenn. But That's all right. Um, there's, so, for example, we had, um, under the public health agency, we had an exceptional program, which we're still running. And at that time, the Public Health Agency of Canada asked us to to reach out to the St. John's Friendship Centre just a few years ago and uh, have them partner. I could not even get it through his head at the time. Dave was his first name. I'll leave it at that. I couldn't even get it through his head what we were really and truly doing. And, in fact, he didn't even understand our expertise. He questioned me. He was asking me what experience we had, which is not a bad thing, but he didn't even understand who we are from Flat Bay in terms of we're one of the major employers, you know, in the region, and we contribute to the socioeconomics in a huge way. He, there do, you, was no... do, you think, do you think that it was, it was that might have been a part of him just not knowing, but uh, it, yeah, might be not that knowing. it might be yeah. that an indigenous person uh, might also not know if they are not in tune yeah. with, so uh, with what's point. going on. Here's my point. But the concept, because there was such, the concept is really what he was, you know, that's the stuff that he was asking me to get to know me, even though I had introduced myself there many times, but not the point. That's just about a man, right? Not about the culture or his his culture. So my point is, when I got to the point of trying to under, get him to understand how this health program was customized for our people and why, and why out of that customization it works for our people genetically and all that kind of stuff. He didn't understand the value. So from there, I had to go to Labrador. I had to go outside of the island portion. And as soon as I mentioned it, explained it to Jennifer Hewitt Nelson of the um, executive director of the Labrador Friendship Center, she got it immediately, and she was so excited. So this isn't all about, you know, just it's about a core understanding. Right now we have um, a, a justice strategy program that we've been doing for a few years. We're doing this in partnership with the RCMP and Memorial University, Department of Sociology. And we have some other Aboriginal uh, Native lawyers on this as well. But what we are understanding and what we're having to do, Glenn, is we're having to spend a lot of government money, we're having to look for it at least, to to train professionals of every caliber. I'm talking mm. from executive directors to judges on the core understanding of na Native people and how the miscommunication uh, transpires. If I say apple, you you know, you from another culture or just from not understanding that I'm from rural or not understanding knowing who I am may have a different version of apple. But mm. there's a cognitive difference between the Native people in our communication, mm. and this is, you know, contributing. Yes, it means that you, you have more work to do when the, when the people uh, don't, don't get it. So, yeah, it's tons of work. It's you know. Yes. So do you do you think you'll be working with the the new friendship center? Um, I hope so. Uh, you know, I hope that we can, and I'll leave and, it at and that. And what and what and yeah. what things so, uh, what things can you see working on with uh, with the new friendship center? Um, I haven't even gotten to even wrapping my head around anything like that. But there's always tons of things that can be done, from training to workshops to uh, whatever. I mean, we help 
everybody as much as we can. So we're always reaching out and partnering with many people. So, But I haven't thought of any programs or anything. I don't have anything planned in my head. But you're, you're prepared to, to work at the Friendship Centre when, when there are opportunities to work on, on joint projects. Uh, you're you're open to that, it sounds like. We are open to that. We have to. We have to look at uh, partnering, uh, you know, all over the region. We, we, You know, again, this is a circle. This is not a hierarchy, yes. you know, and we don't get to choose or anything like that. We have to try and work together, all of us. Yes. Um, so and another point I just wanted to, to, you know, bring up again when it comes to Facebook and that type thing. I think we all agree that Facebook, uh, it turns things into a mess often, and it can be very disrespectful and downright insulting. It can come to a point where, I mean, like I said, it just borders on sleazy after a while. With, But, you know, in this process, and I've always been a leader that always answered my people, and I, I'm advised just like any other person um, in leadership roles or politics. I'm often advised, Liz, you tell too much. Or you you don't need to answer that. Don't answer that. They're not looking for an answer. They're just looking to twist you up or whatever else. I still do not see, and I and I argue with my own advisors on this, and I, I can't change it because it's who I am and it's how I'm carved out. I cannot understand anybody not answering your people as it goes along, as you go along and as it comes up. Sometimes you're too busy and it might take days or months, and nobody's busier than I am, I can tell you that. A hundred hours a week. No, your your point is well taken, and, and one of the points we made on the podcast is that yeah. the communications about the the new hiring was not very good because it it many people knew that uh, Mr. Parktai is not an Aboriginal person, yeah. and certainly there will be questions. So it was unfortunate that the information wasn't put out there with the news of the hiring, so that we could avoid and, right. um, the uh, you know some of the things that happen after. So there was a bit of an information uh, vacuum that caused the problem in the first place. And it still exists to a degree. And I found myself, you know, even though you think everything was winding down at the end, I was, I felt my, I found myself in the gutter like one night just thinking I was going crazy. And I could really feel what our people, why they're so frustrated on Facebook and why they're saying the worst kind of things. Because I was even only asking who is on your cultural center committee. They won't tell us right now who's on the friendship center committee. Um, they're saying that that'll come out in website, and I can deal with that, absolutely, but I still don't know why you can't just give us a name. It's, you know, a few words. In yes. A, you you mentioned you, you had spoken with Odell Pike. Does, did she explain to you why there was no so, more information no, forthcoming? Or? Not to this point. Uh, the last I heard from her on that is she, she said, I, quit, I can't answer you right away on every everything because I have family issues and that, which I understand. Um, but to this point, even to find out who was on the cultural center, I had to find it out for myself. And But what made it worse was that other people who are connected to that, still, everything Odell would tell, was telling me, as well as these other people, they wouldn't even name Odell as the chair as the uh, chairperson of the cultural center they would talk around it and keep saying the chairperson and so it would really make me who was like i was never suspicious of the cultural center in any way they're doing great work to my understanding but uh, you can understand by just treating us like that or not not refusing to name names and i'm at the end i'm saying just name the names what's the name of the chairperson you can understand how people get so freaking frustrated Yes. And and as we 
we, you know, and even at this point, I found the information out just for the cultural center myself. And there's five or six people, which I listed on Facebook. Uh, the first person that was questioned didn't even know she was on that committee. Now, that's the truth of that. So it's very... So are you saying, then, that the people listed on the, uh, no. the corporation yeah. list of uh, the Newfoundland and Labrador Corporation's list, that people are included on the list of directors, you are not aware that they are listed as directors? Oh, one one that and which happens to be the first one we asked didn't even know she was on it. But what I do suspect here, not a bad thing, and I'm not trying to raise suspicion on anything. I'm trying to talk about miscommunication and not answering people clearly enough and fast enough. Because my two issues right now with the cultural center with Odell and this the only two issues I have is that she's still not admitting or acknowledging or understanding that she didn't do diligence on the indigenous profile and she's not also understanding that she needs it we all need to answer people faster and more clearly so back to your question is that um what i think happened again this is only me speculating because nobody's explained it has explained it to me today i think that years ago and i my gosh the cultural center must be 10 years now in operation they had a committee and i just think that in motivation and whatever it just kind of might have reeled down and there, there might be people who, um, like example, this person who just was there in name but was volunteering at the time but didn't really know the formality of it. I don't really know. I can only speculate. But and, you're, and, why, you might be, yeah. and you might be concerned that there are people involved now in the, in the Friendship Center who are not listed on the board of directors of the, of the, of the, cultural, um, of the cultural group, so we might not know who is actively involved now. If, if it's the same list as the directors of the uh, of the Bay St. George uh, cultural group. Exactly, and so if by had they given us that simple answer faster, it would have taken down all the other speculation where people then associate. Um, people with the cultural center like they did with Mrs. Park Tai, who does a lot of volunteer, to my understanding, and even with Mr. Park Tai, who, to my understanding, even in words that were given to me, what I thought myself was working on that proposal. So, so what they do is associate people that they see on the street selling tickets or whatever with the, with the committee. So then they're thinking, oh, well, Mrs. Park Tai is on this uh, board as well. And oh, then they're talking about nepotism, so you can understand where it goes because they're not getting right. answers. But, clear uh, enough but we we have no we no. have no reason to believe that uh, no. uh, Ms. Partai was on the no. on the board of the friendship center or involved with the and with the hiring. Exactly. So that mm -hmm. is debunked and that's put to bed. But you can understand yes. where it starts to escalate. Yes. Um, and then when it comes down to street information, what we all need to understand, you know, in the public as well as us as leaders, and for me, even taking this file on and trying to summarize it in the end, I'm going to summarize it in a way that I can still put across the point in the message but still protect the people who instigated the, you know, started sounding the alarm on this issue, mm -hmm. as well as the people who are raised. That doesn't mean that there's still people on the street who will say, who knows, who who says, Liz, he told me himself he got the job, for example. But what I need to do as a leader is not focus on all of that. You need to kind of put it away and just get to the core point. And you need to summarize in a way that's still not blaming people for this and that. And But there's some street information is pure garbage, and some of it still has some legitimacy. Yes. Or it's insisted to have some legitimacy. But you can only work with 
the major points when people ask you to take care of a file. If you get caught up on all these little things, we'll get nowhere and it'll just become a big mess. Yes. And people will get hurt. So I mean, that is you you raise the you raise the important issue about Facebook and how Facebook communications are are you know they can be very effective for getting information out there, but they can also have their their negative side. And I wonder what you think uh, in general of the Facebook uh, discussions um, uh, generally uh, right now. Uh, recently, for example, uh, someone who you know well, Eleanor Calvin White, was um, was mentioned on Facebook, and I think in a disrespectful way, yeah. only because he called for he had called for unity and said that the members of Halapu council were not our enemies and we should all stick together and for saying that uh, now people right. are are saying things about him that um you know some people yeah. might regard as disrespectful so exactly. what do you think of the facebook situation generally so generally it took me years people had to convince me to get on facebook at all i just wouldn't even get on facebook so on the positive note it's great for me because i'm posting job ads and opportunities all the time it's super good for sharing information legitimate credible information and opportunities for our people. And it also, like for me, it, it helps me to be a person, not like a um, a chief. Or It's just helps me be a person with our people and dig down with our people and be become one of part of them. Um, but, of course, as we all know, when we start talking about a certain issue on Facebook, one of my own pet peeves, and not just me, many, is that it gets taken off in a different direction. It goes into a different topic, and often, 90% of the time, it ends up being in the Alipu topic. Mm-hmm. And so then people are trying to follow it. They're trying to discern the junk talk. They're trying to – sensible people are trying to, you know – forget that they didn't see that cursed word or that or that insinuation. We have very intelligent people trying to follow it and gather for themselves what is credible here, what makes sense. But often, again, as we know, it ends up going all over the place and getting skewed. And also what happens, as I said earlier, people are figuring things out on Facebook before they get the answer. So that is where, and I caught, found myself even figuring things out on Facebook when this friendship thing came up. And so as they're figuring it out, which is not, they're only associating, like I said earlier as an example, then people take that as gospel. Mm. And, or, you know, or they'll only read so far or whatever. Like you have to completely follow a, um, a post, like right now, even with this podcast, you know, hopefully being the end of the post, you even need to follow it right through. But people get hurt on Facebook. Um, and so then a lot of, again, people say to me, like, Liz, why do you even respond? But there are things that just need to be clarified. And I, I, I feel responsible to clarify things that I know the difference of. I can't clarify things that I don't know. But if I know something, I have, to me, a responsibility to keep people as clear as possible. And even if that means they don't agree, and I say that all the time, you don't have to agree to me, with me, but it's easier for me to, to you know, clarify truth than misconceptions. And ignoring a question never helps because then people just think that you're hiding something. Mm. So it's a bittersweet thing, Glenn. I hate it. I hate it. I hate Facebook. I hate it. But yet it can be very very useful. So we must, uh, I guess the lesson for us is that we try to 
take as much good out of it as we can to do yes. our work and to try and rein in the, the negative aspects. Exactly. And yes. you have people, you know, that, um, like Mr. Ford, blame Ford. You, you need to, you know, I'm I'm a long time in this movement. I'm 10 years as chief, and I'm over 30 years in the, in the movement itself, and I grew up in this community watching Elder White, you know, go around with a feather in his hat and getting his tires slashed. And, and I was on the school bus, you know, and I was blonder, so I saw lots of discrimination, but not to do with me being blonde, but just because Calvin's kids were very blatantly Mi'kmaq-looking, Native-looking, I saw all the torture, everything that went on. His poor wife, like, it's just, it's been a battle. But, uh, what was I trying to get to? Um, you were going to mention Blaine Ford. Like Blaine, so. yes. So, but on the same note, and I've said this for years, you sometimes you get a member or a person who will ask you something in a very disrespectful way. And sometimes they curse or whatever. We as leaders, you know, you have to be stronger than that. You have to just say, oh, well, you cursed at me, so you're gone. For me, the only time I back people off is when they do it repeatedly, and I've said to them, you're, you know, you're harassing me or you're, I can't, I'm done now. And that's very, very few people I've had to do that with. But some people are frustrated, like Mr. Ford, and he's talking for the grassroots. And some people aren't as educated, so they're talking all over the place. As leaders, it is our responsibility to say, what is this man or woman really trying to ask me? Put all this, you know, the junk stuff they're saying aside um, and, and answer them. Because the people on the grassroots are confused, they're frustrated, some, you know, are illiterate. But they are still the people that we're getting money for to represent. You have to still answer them. And you need to be strong enough and educated enough to be able to see through what they're asking you and, and address it. Yes. Well, Chief Liz, uh, I, I do appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to us to put matters into context for clearing up uh, the misunderstandings as much as we can. And um, I guess uh, all we can say is... Uh, Good luck to us as we move forward with the center and with our with our other work. Yeah, we have a we do have a great thing. This really can be such small stuff. We yeah. can you know fix this policy up and move forward and and you know everybody can be blessed by it. We don't have to make this a big deal at all. Yes. Yeah. Chief Liz, thank you very much. Thank you, Glenn. I did reach out once again to Odell Pike, but she declined to be interviewed. She did, however, refer me to the list of directors of the new Friendship Center, which can be found at pdifc.com. And that's it for Mi'kmaq Matters until September the 11th. We'll be taking a couple of weeks to relax in beautiful Elmas-Duquag. The Halibut Chief and Council meeting is August 26th in Cornerbrook next Saturday. Looking forward to seeing many of you there. Thanks to Allison Baker for assistance here in the studio. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Catch us on Bay of Islands Radio, boir.ca, 6 p.m. on Thursday. And check out our new Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.